Welcome back to Sports Scene for this Thursday. Talking a lot of football today. Um, we're going to take a break from college for just a second because uh, around the NFL, training camps are starting to open. And we're going to talk to former NFL quarterback Dave Archer, now radio analyst for the Atlanta Falcons. And, of course, we'll talk a little uh, rest of the NFL a little bit, too, with him. Dave, always a pleasure. Thank you for doing this. You bet. Good to be with you. Um, as training camp opens for the Falcons, Dave, if I said to you, give me the top two or three questions that have to be answered for this team to be successful, where would you go with that? Well, first one will be, to, how do the injured players bounce back? Atlanta was gutted defensively uh, with injury. Uh, their top two safeties, Ricardo Allen and Keanu Neal, both missed the majority of the year. Uh, both are coming back from leg injuries. One was an Achilles tendon. The other one was a knee injury uh, in Neal's uh, situation. You take the middle of the defense out with Deion Jones, who was their middle backer, missed most of the year. Uh, and then Grady Jarrett. Uh, ironically, both those two guys just signed contracts, but uh, Grady Jarrett missed about four games in the middle of the defense. So those four guys in particular have to come back and bounce back, and they have to have uh, – starter type years they got to have a kind of year that they had back in 17 when this was a top 10 defense and then on the offensive side of the football uh Devontae uh, freeman's got to bounce back and he's had two injury plague seasons had an outstanding 2016 year the uh the falcons went to the super bowl uh, but he has been injury plagued over the last couple of years and his versatility and what he brings to the table from a pass receiver and a runner uh, is uh, that gets them back to elite status offensively if they can get him back on the field. So I, I think injury number one. Number two, how does this new offensive line take? Uh, you drafted two kids uh, in McGarry and Lindstrom in the first round, added a couple of veterans in Brown and Carpenter. are supposed to bolster that offensive line and take it to another level, which should aid the running game, whoever's running the football. Um, and then number three, uh, have we got enough defensively on the line to get after the passer. Uh, Tack McKinley and Vic Beasley have got to step up and, and put pressure off of the edge. I think we have some interior pass rush abilities, especially adding Adrian Claiborne, who can step inside on third down and be a part of their pass rush package from the inside. But the two edge guys did not play very well last year. Subsequently, not a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Those would be the three things that I think jump out to me. Camp opens for the Falcons, by the way, uh, in about three days from now. Uh, is Julio Jones going to be a rich man soon? Yeah, yeah he's going to be. <laughs> Mr. Blank guaranteed that, and uh, obviously they've signed Deion Jones and and, uh, and Grady Jarrett. Uh, they're two defenders to to four-year contracts. One was an extension. One was actually getting Grady off of that franchise tag. But Julio is a is a franchise player, and so yeah, the, Mr. Blank is guaranteed that Julio is going to be a. Uh, as far as he can see, a, a falcon for life. So that means taking care of him fairly richly. I think that'll get taken care of. Dave, I, you know, Dan Quinn coached here, uh, you know, always great around here. For everything he's done for the Falcons, do you think there's any, I don't want to use the word pressure, but I will, for him to win and, and win bigger? Well, I think they certainly have to be in the postseason. We missed the postseason a year ago um, after, you know, back-to-back seasons in the postseason. And uh, so missing last year was a disappointment. Uh, this is a pretty good division. Uh, the NFC South has is, is, got a pretty good tradition of putting putting teams in, in the playoffs and then teams making some runs in the playoffs. So 
it's tough to get out of this division, but he's expected to. Um, they're not taking a backseat to anybody in the division, and they're certainly as talented as anybody in the NFL if they keep all their people in the field. So that ramps up the pressure on Coach Quinn. I think when you've got an owner like uh, Mr. Blank, he's not a guy that says a lot of stuff, but he does expect this team with the windows you have left with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, who you mentioned, uh, some of these defenders he'd assigned to lucrative contracts. He's expecting he's expecting these guys to compete for a championship, no question. Dave, as a quarterback, when you watch Ryan play the position, what do you see? I see an elite level player that understands the game probably better than probably three quarters of the quarterbacks in the league. Um, he doesn't have the athleticism that some do, and maybe we're starting to trend towards a guy that's that can do a little bit more athletically. But what Ryan does is he equals the playing field, his ability to think through what's going on in the field, his ability to get you in and out of plays, uh, and then and then he's he's not doesn't have elite level arm strength. He's not Aaron Rodgers with the ball in his hands, but because of his timing and his anticipation throws and understanding coverage. He equals that playing field as well. Whatever he lacks, maybe in arm strength, he comes back with with his ability to get the ball out on time. So I, I see a guy that uh, has all the capabilities of taking team, a team to a championship. He certainly has proven that he, he's had him on the brink of one before. Uh, so he, I think he's one of the best in the league. You know, I couldn't wait to ask you this because you have played the position. Um, you've got a coach in Arizona who did not do well at Texas Tech, which doesn't mean anything because Bill Belichick didn't do well with Cleveland, and we think he's done pretty well with New England. But you have a quarterback in Murray who maybe is not the, you know, 6'4", 6'5", strong-arm guy. Kingsbury is going to run what he runs offensively. Do you think that's going to work in the NFL, number one? And number two, if Murray does well, does this change the dynamic at the position? Well, I think there's a lot to digest there. I think that obviously the quarterback coach situation in Arizona was was a a match that they made specifically because of the two guys and, and the dynamic that they played under or coached under in college. The difference between Belichick's inability to get it done maybe in in, in Cleveland and then going on to be elite in, in New England is that he was a pro coach. This is a guy that's never coached at the pro level. Uh, he has left some people on his staff that will help him uh, adjust potentially to the NFL game. And there will be some adjustment from defenses to adjust to what what uh, Coach Kingsbury wants to do, much like we saw with Chip Kelly's offense where in his first year in Philadelphia, there was some adjustment to the speed and how quickly they played, and ultimately defenses catch up. So how do you adjust offensively as well? Does he have enough uh, know-how uh, to change that? Because there's not going to be a New Mexico State or a, you know, a UTIP or whoever, no offense to those two schools, but they're not going to be on the roster this year. So how does he adjust each and every week to playing elite-level talent, regardless of who it is in the National Football League? I think those are going to be things that I'll be watching for I think, he's a, I think he's a very intelligent coach. He did a good job, like I said, of retaining some guys that do have NFL experience. But as much as teams are going to have to adjust to what they're doing with him and Murray, I think he's going to have to ultimately adjust during the season because defensive coordinators in this league get paid a lot of money and are very, very good coaches, and they're going to come up with a way to break down their, their 
protections and get after Murray? And then can Murray stand up to a 16-game schedule of having to stand uh, and stand in and throw it? Because running out of the pocket, running around like he did against uh, at OU, it will happen some, but it was going to be probably a little more of the exception than the rule that he had at OU. So now he's going to have to stand in and eat helmets for 16 weeks. How does his body hold up? There's a lot of questions that uh, that Arizona's going to have to answer, those two guys. Final thing. Um, maybe, Dave, I'm just getting old, and, and I understand why it's being done at whatever level of, you know, whether it be college or pro football, but just as more and more replay enters, it just seems to me it gets worse and worse. And I understand why they implement it and why they're doing what they're doing. You know, look at the Saints game last year. But do you? what do you think of replay? Is the league handling it right? Well, I think we've opened a huge can of worms with this uh, replaying the the pass interference rule and, yeah. and a bit of a knee-jerk reaction to what happened in the NFC title game. And it was an egregious miss as far as uh, – there's no question, but is that the only time that's ever happened in the National Football League? I think uh, you know you can go back down through time where you know we've made mistakes and it's cost teams maybe a chance to win a championship, and it certainly New Orleans felt that way this week or this this year. But uh, it it is getting borderline rabbit hole material where we're going down a hole that we're not ever going to be able to get out of. I'm fearful of what this with this evaluation or uh, replaying pass interference is going to do and and the retroactive effect it can have, down, especially down in the red zone, where you score a touchdown and the next thing you know they replay it and they review it and they find that there was a rub play that they determined was pass interference on the offense and now an offensive uh, touchdown comes off the board. I think you're, you're really bringing a lot of subjectivity and a lot of a lot of strangeness to the game that I think we were able to live with. Uh, yeah, bad calls, we certainly were able to live with them. So I would have liked to have seen it. I'm a little bit old school like you. I would like to see, you know, the human element is part of it. Uh, in talking to Rich McKay, who's the CEO and president of the Falcons and also is the chair for the competition committee, he's often told me that they're not necessarily trying to get the call right, but they're trying to be consistent and that's all coaches and players want is they want to consistently know what pass interference is. They want to know consistently what holding is and then be consistent throughout the game with that. So um, it sounds like they're trying to be perfect, and I think that you're going to maybe run into some problems with that. Always love this guy's insight, and uh, as the season begins and we get the – uh, the league, the uh, game's going on. Love to have him back. Dave Archer, radio analyst for the Atlanta Falcons, former quarterback in the National Football League. Dave, always appreciate your time. Thanks for doing it. You got it, bud. Always good to be on with you. Call me anytime. Okay, thank you, Dave. He he's really good, isn't he? He he. And and I think what he says about replay, spot on, spot on. And I do think. Look, if if you are a player and you're a defensive back, you do want to know what holding is. You do want to know what pass interference is. Let's hope that with all these things that are going to go on, let's hope that does happen. 1248, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Alex Aguirre. 
SEC Media Days in his final day, and Vanderbilt head coach Derek Mason spoke on returning senior running back Keyshawn Vaughn and the importance he is to the team and the competitor he is. To know that he was going to have to sit a year, that's not easy. But I think that speaks to the essence of Keyshawn Vaughn and who he is. Keyshawn Vaughn is a young man who's, who's, who's prideful about his city. He's prideful about being a competitor. He wants to be the best at what he does, and that's been spectacular to see. Moving on to Major League Baseball, the Rays and Yankees will take part in a doubleheader today due to last night's rain delay. Game 1 starts at 3.05 and Game 2 starts at 7.05. You can tune in here at 6.30 for coverage of Game 2. For ESPN 981 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF, I'm Alex Aguirre. ESPN 981 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF.